Well, here we are again for episode number three. Yep, we're already at number three there, Joseph, of the Driving You Crazy podcast. I am Denver 7 traffic anchor, Jason Luber. And I'm Denver 7 overnight producer, Joseph Peters. And, you know, it's mid-November. It's still pretty dry around here. We haven't seen snow, uh, at least down here. Some for the mountains, but none down here in Denver yet. Uh, It's pretty unusual. We typically have snow here in Denver, like a foot or so by now. Uh, not that it sticks to the ground, but we at least had at least it fall. showed up. Right, uh, exactly. We, you know, we've had high temps in the 40s and 50s. That's usually what happens in November, not 60s and 70s. Uh, I'm glad, actually, because I like my job. Right. However, I don't like reporting about snow. Uh, it just bugs me because it gets so busy. Uh, That's so, fair. As, so as a traffic guy, I don't like that. But Lisa Hidalgo, our morning meteorologist, she and I were talking about all this uh, all this warm weather. And she says it's a good thing that we're having this this it's like relatively shorter winter because it's going to feel shorter. We're going to have maybe some cold temperatures at the end of November, and then we'll have December, January, February. It's going to get cold, right? But then we're going to have let's say three months of winter around here, three and a half months of winter. Hey, I can handle that. I agree with you. I think it's a little disappointing for everybody who is expecting to see some sort of snow on the ground by now. I know down the street from me, they're supposed to be building the Southwest Airlines ice rink in the middle of the 16th Street Mall. Right. They yeah. just flew in a Zamboni over the city. <laughs> and what is it going to make ice yeah. for? It's 45 degrees, 50 degrees on a consistent basis. Well, you could go ice skating in your short sleeves, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> and you know, it's relatively snow-free in the mountains. And CDOT says that Independence Pass, it's the uh, drive on Highway 82 just outside of Aspen. It's one of the ways, it's one of the extra ways you can get in or out of Aspen. Uh, It's going to remain open this week, uh, and it could even stay open next week, maybe even to Thanksgiving. I don't know if they'll let it stay open that long. We'll see. But this could be the latest the pass has ever stayed open in recent memory. Uh, On average, it usually closes around November 7th. It... um, Unless the weather allows for it to, to close down, that's what happens. Uh, last year, it closed November 4th, 2014. It closed on the 12th. Uh, and really, when Independence Pass closes, there's only one way in and out of Aspen. you got to go through Glenwood Springs to I-70. Otherwise, you can go over Independence Pass. It's not easy for the tr- The truckers can't really do it because it's too narrow and windy. But uh, you, as a passenger car, and a lot of motorcyclists, uh, motorcyclists like to do it. Right. you got to imagine that that's part of the reason that people move out to Aspen is because they know that Independence Pass will close and there's only way in and out <laughs> of the city. And those people are a little upset that that rose hasn't closed down for the season yet. It's like uh, Telluride. Telluride has one way in and out uh, for most people. And then you could go over Imogene Pass, but you have to have a four-wheel drive. I, I did that one time when I had a Wrangler, a Jeep. Okay. Um, and that was... It was treacherous. It was a little bit nerve-wracking, and it takes you over to the other side of the uh, of the pass, takes you down into your ray, and it is a beautiful drive, but uh, I think they, they like the same thing down in Telluride. Well, and I don't think there's anybody who's ever owned a Jeep Wrangler that wasn't very excited to take it over some treacherous terrain. Yeah, oh, Everybody yeah. I've ever known that bought a Jeep, the first thing they did was go mudding with it. So. <laughs> it was it was one of the, my favorite trips. I don't know about my wife. I think she was white-knuckled the whole time. Uh, you found another uh, interesting story. It's a little bit disturbing, though. It's a little bit sad. Well, and it's a pretty sharp change of pace from what we were just talking about, but the number of bicyclists and pedestrians dying on roads in Colorado has not gone down recently. If anything, it's on the rise. And as a result, the Department of Transportation is challenging people to come up with solid technological ideas that will help 
save lives on our roadways. So they put together a $500,000 reward to try to achieve that goal. The first five plans will get $10,000 just for being good ideas. They don't have to be implemented. They don't have to actually take effect. They just have to be the best ideas pitched. Then there are two additional ideas that will get about two hundred grand apiece. Those are the ones that they're actually going to try to implement on the roads, make some sort of headway with, and really make some positive change on our roadways, which I know is something that is one of your pet projects as the traffic guy. And we've talked before. This contest is basically right up your alley. Yeah. Well, you know what you could do is you could just uh, cover everybody in Nerf who's yeah. on a bike or walking around, and then if they do get hit, then they, then they just get bounced. They just bounce around, and they're protected. I like where your head's at. But. You could also just <laughs> tell everybody to follow the lights, and if they all just listen to the lights and followed the little walking man and the don't walk hand, they would probably. Be you a know, bit but the only true way to protect pedestrians or bicyclists is by a protected barrier. You have to have some kind of a protective barrier that separates the two where they can't co-mingle. That's the only true way you can ever get it done. It will never happen because of, one, the convenience of it, it's the aesthetics of it, and two, the cost of it. The cost is going to be way too much to put any kind of a solid barrier between bicyclists and, and walkers, let's say a sidewalk or a, a separate bike path or whatever the case may be, and, and vehicle traffic. It's just going to be too expensive to do that. Uh, the logistics are impossible. So you're always going to have the co-mingling. You just, you just are, and it's going to have to be people watching out for each other, whether you're walking, biking, or, or driving. What gets me is the people who are reckless when they're walking or biking. Because in the scenario, car versus person and car versus bicycle, car wins every time. So when pedestrians and bicyclists don't have their heads up, it's baffling to me because, you know, you're the one that's going to be in danger. It's also one of my greatest fears when I do walk to work every morning is that a car is going to lose control on Spear Boulevard. All it has to do is veer to the right a little bit and it's taking me out with it. Yep. People don't understand how big and how dangerous and, and, and cars and vehicles really are. But people don't understand, they just don't understand that when they're driving. They just don't. Right. Well, in, in, in many senses, they are invincible when they're in the car. And so you have to address that problem in order to solve the problem of pedestrians and bicyclists losing their lives on our roads. Yeah, they do. Uh, here's an interesting story, Joseph, I had uh, out of South Florida. So the Broward County government, that's where Fort Lauderdale is, they've decided that instead of fixing the problem of traffic congestion, they're just going to let it get worse. They're going to let it get worse on purpose. They're deliberately letting the system get overloaded in hopes that people will start to walk or ride the bus or take the train when they eventually build a train. They're talking about building a train around, uh, like, Fort Lauderdale. Well, listen to Ann Castro. She is the chairperson of the Broward County Planning Council who says you have to make it so painful for people to drive before they're going to get out of their car. Is it probably going to have to get so painful people aren't going to have a choice because, like I said, it's going to get – the good option will be walking three blocks and sweating and getting into a, a bus because otherwise I'm going to be four hours on I-95 to go a mile and a half. Uh, that is still not a good option. If you have ever been in South Florida, you know there are days in the summertime uh, that you can't be outside for more than 60 seconds before you're dripping with sweat. You just can't. And the planning council member said at a planning meeting last year – Quote, we're going to make them suffer first, and then we're going to figure out ways to move them after that because they're going to scream at us to help them move. Unquote. Uh, I, I presume she lives in the county since she works for the county, and she's, and she's really dooming herself to this congestion nightmare scenario. 
The Florida Sun Sentinel newspaper says planners are allowing for high-density development to be approved regardless of the gridlock already present on those area roads. And some cities uh, are deliberately reducing the number of lanes uh, on the major roads in around South Florida so they can purposefully get the traffic congestion to be higher than it, it, it could be. And sometimes it's to make room for bike lanes or wider sidewalks, whatever, but they're really trying to cram more cars into a, into a smaller space. The mayor of Boca Raton, she says that people won't get on public transit until it's more convenient than getting out of their cars, even if traffic is terrible. And that's, I, I, I pretty much agree, but listen to her. You have to make mass transit convenient and at least tolerable to your choice riders. Uh, they're the ones that can either choose to get in a car or choose to get on transit. So we have to have seamless, multimodal trips and also to make it uh, real time so they have the information they need to make the trip. My feeling on this whole thing is that, you, yes, you're forcing people onto mass transit, but not everybody can ride transit. Not everybody can do it. What about the elderly driver who uh, needs to be able to drive somewhere because they can't physically carry their three or four or five bags from the grocery store onto the bus and then be on the bus and then walk the, another couple of blocks home. For me, it wouldn't be an option where I live because I'm about three miles from a train station or a bus station, either way from the bus, where they, that's so that's just not an option for me. And then I would have to drive to where the bus is, so I'd have to find some kind of a park and ride. Uh, what about the, the delivery drivers that are dropping the stuff off at Walgreens or the grocery stores or that sort of thing? They have to drive. Um, what about people who just can't? walk or or have the convenience of riding a bike they just can't do it right well i mean i think what you're talking about is taking and perhaps it's different with the traffic situation in miami but every time i've taken a car versus riding on the bus you're talking about a 10 minute trip turning into a 35 minute trip that's not palatable for anybody my 25 minutes personally speaking are worth more than that that's the reason i'm willing to pay 15 dollars for a lift for that 10 minute drive because it's worth more to me than spending 35 minutes trying to get from point a to point b it, it it says something about our culture, and maybe it's just about the practicality of driving and the selfishness of wanting to get somewhere as quickly as I possibly can without worrying about other people. But it seems ludicrous to me to try to punish the population because they're used to doing things a certain way. People are just like water. Water will find the least the path of least resistance, and right. so, and so will people. So if it does become so horrible, at least to drive in the Fort Lauderdale area in that part of South Florida, then people will search alternate ways to get around. But if those alternate ways aren't as easy or easier than right now, even just sitting in the gridlock traffic, they will still sit in the gridlock traffic because I would rather sit in my car in the gridlock traffic, at least I'm convenient, at least uh, then sit on the bus, which is also going to be on the gridlock traffic, uh, maybe the train is going to be moving smoother because it's on its own track but if it's not faster more convenient cheaper for me to do it then i'm gonna go that the other way so here's the devil's advocate argument here and it's one that i've seen in seattle specifically where they just approved a 50 billion dollar light rail expansion and people argued against it saying that the roads congested as they may be now will not be as congested in 30 years because as driverless cars become more popular, people will be more willing to ride share. The effect on traffic will be significant that there will be so many driverless cars on the road. And as a result, the congestion that you see right now won't be as big of a problem in 30 years. My problem with that logic is that if driverless cars exist, I'm going to buy one and sit in it myself. And what you're seeing in Seattle right now is you have people who take their driverless cars to work 
and send it back home because it's cheaper to send it home and pay for gas than it is to pay for parking. And as a result of that, they're creating more congestion on the roads. So there's a lot of factors in play here, and it comes back down to there's a booming population and not a good infrastructure to handle it. And who's going to pay for it all? Because the trains and the buses are paid for by taxes and paid for by um, uh, the people that visit. And, and yeah, you're going to pay a little bit when you get on the train or on the bus, but it doesn't come anywhere near the actual cost of operating the the public transportation so cost is a huge factor as well and and it was fun. one resident of uh, from the sentinel story i thought it was interesting so this is what this person says says quote i think tons of businesses will go out of business no one will come here because of the congestion you cannot force people in sweltering weather with dangerous storms that pass pretty much daily if you've ever been in south florida you know those big thunderstorms come all the time exactly uh, to ride their bikes or take the bus to work this whole idea of trying to force people to do that is insane unquote and that's from one person there in south florida so We'll see what happens. Uh, we won't see the effect of this for another 10 or 15 years when uh, they finish all their uh, transit and get it working. Well, and you mentioned taxes are supposed to pay for this. Uh, anecdotally, I took an RTD bus from Wads and Colfax down Colfax to Broadway yesterday, and I didn't see a single person pay the fare besides myself. And that's a common occurrence in this city where, and in other cities across the country where the bus fare is very expensive or the light rail fare is very expensive. But a lot of people get exempted from it, and that's not a good source of revenue. And you're relying on the tax base to bring in that income. Yep. Well, yeah, it's uh, we'll we'll I guess continue to follow that, right? It's a uh, only if I want to be depressed. Yeah, right? I know. I'm sorry to depress everybody. You know what? It, maybe it's a good time that we can uh, take a break. Did you know that you can sp- uh, you can post reports of bad drivers on Craigslist? Should be able to. Well, you can. Uh, coming up, that story. And we'll also answer a listener's question. Uh, that also after the break where you can enjoy some of these promos by the other members of the Denver 7 Morning News. We will be back in just a moment. This is Driving You Crazy, the podcast. Hello, I'm Nicole Brady, and I think everyone should watch Denver 7 in the mornings. We have the most breaking news of any station. Uh, My job is devoted to finding the newest uh, information on breaking news stories all over the world here in Colorado and nationwide. Uh, So we like to keep you updated with new information all morning. It's more than just news, but if you do want the most up-to-date news plus Uh, Some lightheartedness in the morning uh, to get you out the door. Definitely watch Denver 7. Nicole Brady, only on Denver 7. Who's your favorite person on the show to work with? Oh, it's myself. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Well, one of the advantages is I think we all get along on the show. Um, I mean, I don't really care for the other people on the program. Mitch Jelnicker, only on Denver 7. Listening to the Driving You Crazy Podcast with Jason Luber. Welcome back to the Driving You Crazy Podcast. I'm Denver 7 traffic anchor Jason Luber. And I'm overnight producer Joseph Peters. And of course, we want to hear from you. No matter where you're from, we know you have traffic problems. We have an email address set up 
specifically for this show. It's drivingyoucrazypodcast at gmail.com. That's drivingyoucrazypodcast at gmail.com. You can get it both of us via Facebook. I'm Joseph Peters. He's Jason Luber, Traffic Guy. Twitter, Jason? That's right, at Denver7Traffic, where you'll see me tweeting mostly during the morning commutes. And then you'll find me at Joseph Denver 7 I just tweet pictures of things that I made for breakfast. Um, we're working on getting... <laughs> what was a... for breakfast this morning? <laughs> well, Qdoba, but that's not... <laughs> <laughs> okay, to each his um, own. We also have a phone number set up for the podcast. Uh, it's going to be 303-832-1684. The voicemail may not have my name in it, but it's mine, and you can leave me a message. We'll be happy to play that out over the air. Uh, we did receive this message via email the other day. Yeah. All right. So it goes, what is driving you crazy? Cell phones while driving. We see so many people driving distracted and causing accidents. In California, it's against the law to use cell phones while operating a vehicle. When are there enough accidents to say enough is enough in the state of Colorado? Well, in Colorado, all drivers are prohibited from texting while driving except in an emergency situation where the life or safety uh, is in jeopardy or criminal act might be happening, something like that. Now, to be convicted of a violation of the law, a law uh, somebody like a police officer actually has to see you texting, not just using the phone, but actually texting. And drivers under 18, it's a little bit different. You're actually prohibited from using the cell phones altogether hands-free while you're driving. I mean, you cannot use if you're under 18. Um, the exception, of course, is for an emergency situation, report a crime, report an accident, um, something like that. Now, the fines aren't that hefty, and I think this is one of the reasons people still do it, because it's 50 bucks for the first fine, it's 100 bucks for the second offense, and the California law is a little bit different. They just actually strengthened the law recently where it is expl- explicitly prohibited for any driver to use a mobile phone while driving unless the device is in a hands-free mode. Now, that, that includes calling and texting, so you can't even hold the phone while you're calling, while you're driving in California, you have to have the hands-free device or, you know, set up right there. Right. Um, but I don't know if that also precludes you from, let's say, listening to this podcast while you're driving, unless you have the hands-free or you have the Bluetooth where you can listen to it in the car. Um, now, it, that's much stricter than it is in Colorado. We don't have anything like that. It seems like, and I hate to interrupt you here, but it seems like this Colorado law has no teeth to it whatsoever. It doesn't. It's that, And that's why people will still do it. And that's why when you look around, you go around any of these intersections, just honestly, just when you stop at an intersection, just take a look around at the other drivers around you, and you will see majority of them grabbing their phones and either checking their Facebook, checking their email, Doing something on their phone, maybe not necessarily texting, but at least looking at their phone. And that's still, you can't do that even while you're stopped at a stop sign or a stoplight. I mean, just look around, and, and I think wow. part of it is because of the fines. They're right. not very strong. Now, if you had a $1,000 fine, people wouldn't do it. Well, and I don't think I don't think people are paying those fines. I mean, this seems like the sort of thing where if the cop has to, pr- the police officer, excuse me, has to prove that they spotted somebody texting while driving... You're going to go to court, and the person arguing against it is just going to say, well, they never saw me texting. Where is the picture of me sending a text message? Where is my little bubble thing Your to show that I'm texting? Your word against my word. That's just it. I was checking my map. That's, that would be my go-to excuse in this situation. I was just checking my map. There's no way to prove that or disprove that. Right. And maybe it's the same thing in California. Maybe they're just better at hiding it uh, out there uh, when they're using their phone. But maybe that's why their law is you're not supposed to use your phone at all. So if, a, if an officer sees you actually pick up the phone or use it in some way, 
You could say maybe I just had to dial because of the hands-free, or I don't know what the case may be. But, um, yeah. it, but you know what? It's always that same case. Whatever you fine or tax, you get less of. Whatever you incentivize, you get more of. So if the fines are heftier for this kind of a violation, then you'll get fewer people doing it. I think it's one of those situations where because everybody, quote-unquote, everybody does it, it's not perceived as as big of a problem. And that's why you're not seeing some of those stricter punishments because the lawmakers that pass laws like this are probably just as guilty of checking their Facebook pages as stop sign. And cops who are supposed to be pulling people over for this are probably just as guilty of doing this even in their patrol cars. They've probably got those schmods. That's just it. So at some point we have to, as a society, decide, well, is texting and driving a problem or is it not? And if it is, then we need to treat it like it's a problem. The same thing happened with DUIs, what, 30 years ago where people suddenly decided... This is an actual problem that needs to be addressed. Penalties got stricter, and they stopped happening as often. Eventually, that'll happen with texting and driving, but I'll tell you what, it's going to be a long time, given the generational shift and how many people use those cell phones right now. Have you ever seen one of those police officers' commands? No. A state, county, municipal offender data system. Oh. I'm sorry. No, that's from that's from Blues Brothers. Uh, okay, uh, but no, they do have those computers in there that they're okay. doing it. That's what I'm, I I am a huge Blues Brothers fan. So Respect. I'm more of a Super so, Troopers guy. So. All right. So anyway, uh, but yeah, they have those computers in the in the uh, patrol cars, and and they're I can see them and they're typing stuff while they're while they're driving too. Um, well, you have to take a hand off the wheel to punch in the license plate that you're trying yeah. to look up. I yes, mean, that's right. I, this, this is a very pro police podcast. I want to make sure that's very clear. <laughs> like I I appreciate the job. That you yes. guys do. I don't want to bash you by any stretch of the imagination. However, this law, everybody's set up to fail here. Right. You're exactly right. Uh, did you know that there's a section on Craigslist where you can actually vent your driving frustrations? It's in the rants and raves section of the Denver Boulder Craigslist page. I'm sure on the other ones, uh, other cities as well. And I've seen a few comments in there. Right now, there's only one comment that was posted just the other day. It's pretty good at the end. All right, so listen to this one. Uh, There was no name, but the writer says, Today, while proceeding southbound on I-25, merging towards northbound 225, there was a white Subaru hatchback with dark tint windows. Came barreling up the sort of bridge at 80 miles an hour. Little Impreza swerved around two larger SUVs and almost caused an accident going over the solid yellow line into the emergency lane. Every day, the writer says... He sees another idiot almost causing an accident on the highway. I'm sick of seeing these idiots on the highway. If the police cannot do their jobs, then I will do it for them. That's right. I'm going to become a highway patrol officer, so watch out, all you bad drivers. I'll be a great cop, too. I was related to an officer, so it's in my blood. I just wish I had made this decision a long time ago. We need a lot more highway patrol in this state. I wish they had safer cars, though, like SUVs or something. I'm not a fan of those little Mustang-looking things, even if they're supercharged and all. I totally missed my calling in life. That's from this person who posted that on Craigslist. I'm skeptical of his claim that he would be a great cop. I don't believe that. Probably not. I do think they bring up a good point, though. I think more enforcement would be a good idea around Metro Denver. Um, uh, The State Patrol usually lets... The city and county of Denver, Denver police, to patrol I-25, I-70 in and around Denver. State patrols stay, for the most part, out. Okay. Um, and But I think an enforcement, increased enforcement, would, would help everybody out. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's something of a unwritten no-chase policy in effect, at least for Denver police. Is that... Well, no. It's, 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 they, will be, they will call off chases if it becomes dangerous to regular people well and i think so my my point here is that 
in a lot of situations, the safest way to deal with the idiot is to be the safe driver. And that's probably the most unsatisfying thing in the world. When you watch this Impreza get rewarded or rewarded by not getting pulled over for speeding around mm-hmm. multiple SUVs and a police officer understands, hey, it's probably not safe for me to pull, try to pull this. Well, all right, over. here's anecdotal evidence. Just the other day, I was driving south on I-25 towards the Denver Tech Center and there was a marked... Uh, Denver police car going at 60, the speed limit was 65 miles an hour, going 65, and people are slowing down behind that officer because because they they don't want to pass yes. him. And even if the officer is going, let's say 60, and the speed limit is 65, people are still scared to go 65, the speed limit, and pass him because they think they're doing something wrong. You're absolutely but right. It's, but that's you could have honestly one Denver cop just driving between, let's say, uh, a Broadway and. And uh, Bellevue, that's where Denver, right there, just going north and south, north and south, north and south, back and forth, and all the traffic there would not break the speed limit because they are they see that officer driving there. A pace car. Basically, basically that's what it is. Yeah. And if you had more of that driving on all the highways around town, you are going to see fewer people speeding. Completely agree. Uh, Completely yeah. Agree. You know, there's also a website. It's called Zapatag. You can report a bad driver using their license plate number. What you do is you write down their license plate number. You go online. I don't think you can do it on an app or anything, but you have to go online later. And you enter it with the state. So you'll put, let's say, you put uh, uh, 29THD03. Um, that's the license plate from Zootopia, by the way. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, to, <laughs> uh, anyway, it's... Uh, you. <laughs> I've seen, that way, I've, seen, I've seen that way too many times with my girls. Uh, you enter that as well as the state and then the message of what you what the alleged bad driver did. And then the site says, quote, bringing accountability back to our streets and, quote, don't get mad on the road, get even online, unquote. I don't quite a, no, no, subscribe to that. No. <laughs> but there were a few of those uh, Colorado drivers were reported on that site. And it's not it's not hugely uh, it's not like a Facebook site. I mean, there there are a few people that see it here and there, but right. I uh, is it? It's, it sounds a little bit like the Whisper app, where people type in their anonymous secrets, and the rest oh, of the sure. world gets to read them and appreciate them. It seems like it would be a great way to vent. Honestly, it might avoid some road rage incidents if people knew this website was available. Yeah, and well, I think that's why the cr- people are posting the thing on the Craigslist. But you could also, if you want to vent, you could just send the venting to us. Yes, uh, you could send the venting if because and if you do a voicemail, then we can play it on the uh, on the podcast here, and everybody can hear from you. You should absolutely that, do that. That'd be a a reminder, that number, 303-832-1684. And we do not accept collect calls. Do they do collect calls anymore, or, or am I dating myself? I think only from prison, Jason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll accept collect calls from prison. But they're not driving, so <laughs> I guess they are kind of... Maybe they want to complain about the people driving the vans. I don't know. Good, good point. Uh, so we'll take those calls as well, but not collect. Yes, sir. You'll have to have your own quarter to put it in the pay phone. <laughs> uh, I guess I should maybe wrap up another edition of this Driving You Crazy podcast. Uh, of course, you can get a hold of us on that Driving You Crazy podcast at gmail.com. Uh, email, you have our uh, other information. Just rewind the podcast here and you can get all that info. As, uh, Joseph gave it out just a little bit ago, but otherwise, um, I don't know what we'll talk about next time. We'll figure that out later. Amen. That's what we're doing. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Jason Luber, the traffic anchor here at Denver 7 News. And I'm Joseph Peters, overnight producer for Denver 7. And thanks again for listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast. And as always, happy motoring. You've been listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with Jason Luber. 